You're listening to the Madcast Media Network. Madcastmedia.com I've invited you here to discuss something that's very important. We welcome you. Welcome back to Godzilla vs. Podcast Zero. I'm George. I'm Haley. And George. And we've got another excellent episode oh, under quarantine coming back at you. But this time, we heard your requests. We got your emails. We got your letters. We got your packages. You want an actual Godzilla movie, and we're delivering and this we're week. And we're delivering. We're delivering. It was a, it was a fun to do some... I'm going to say, though, I had a lot of fun branching out, getting us kind of started on the path to seeing... What else, you know, what else is out there? Because I think it actually feeds in to the Godzilla movies really well. Like, I thought The Host was actually a great movie to watch before re-watching this one. The Host was excellent. That was Bong Joon, what's the name, Bong Joon-ho? Yep. Yeah, and I just watched the other movie. Uh, he made Snowpiercer. Oh, um, yeah. And that was really cool, too. Really well done movie. Um, excellent movies. But here's the thing. I know something about Godzilla fans based on what we like, which is That's if true. we like it, they'll probably like it. And I liked the host a lot. I thought that was really fun. Velociraptor, uh, excuse me, Velocipaster, Velocipaster was, a was a lot of fun. It was fun. It was, you know, and those felt like good little things to catch in quarantine too, because it's like, you're not going to be sitting at home you, when you're with your precious free time. When we had little of it, <laughs> you yeah. weren't like, I'm going to sit and watch Velocipaster, but no, you're going to watch Velocipaster. Well, I kind of did, though. <laughs> oh, that's right. <laughs> I did watch uh, on okay. my own. I did extra credit, and it was, I didn't even know. It was such a weird coincidence, because uh, uh, who's our guest? Um, uh, Aisha, Maisha. Uh, Maisha, yeah. She, she, was, she recommended it, so that was a lot of fun. But this week, we're going to talk about Godzilla versus Hedera, and we should introduce our guest this yes, week. Yes, we brought back a favorite guest to talk about a sacred movie. So you might remember him from discussing the 1991 Ghidorah movie. Ryan Hitchcock is back with us. Yay! Hi! Hi. I'm very happy to be back. Oh, we're we're so happy to have you back. This this one has been in demand. Godzilla versus Hedorah. Or Hedorah. I don't know. I never say it right. Godzilla versus Smog Monster. (laughs) And... (laughs) (laughs) And... When people were demanding it, uh, I just felt like we had to have Ryan. We had to have you to do this one because you're such a super fan with us. Thank you. This actually, fun fact, is the first Godzilla movie I ever saw. Whoa! Oh, well then, perfect. This is perfect. Oh, great, great. Um, so yeah, this is, I mean, boy, oh boy. And what a movie. <laughs> what a movie. Yeah. What a movie. Well, uh, hold on. So I have questions, Ryan, already. Out yes. the gate. Okay. <laughs> how, how did that, how, how did this Godzilla movie become the first Godzilla? Cause this is an obscure one. Even <laughs> yeah. Uh, I didn't quite know what to make of it, uh, at eight years old. Um, no, I was, I was really into uh, the Mighty Morphin Power Rangers. Hell as yeah! You are when you're when you're, I guess I actually I guess I was like six when I first saw this. Um, so 
I knew from watching Power Rangers and like my dad commented one time that it was like Godzilla. And so that piqued my interest. And so on our next, oh. on our next uh, video rental run to the warehouse, um, I found the Godzilla movies and this was just the one that I happened to pick out of the pile, not knowing anything. It was just like a lot of like Godzilla versus some monster that, you know, uh, some name that I didn't know, but the one that was uh, just called Godzilla versus the smog monster, that seemed pretty straightforward. I could understand a smog monster, but then the movie is not that straightforward. <laughs> yeah. The way and, I was just, Oh, sorry. Go ahead. Yeah. Uh, and uh, much, much weirder than any episode of the Mighty Morphin Power Rangers. <laughs> is it By though? Far. Is it though? Because they fought that pumpkin head guy. Remember? I don't. Yeah, that is true. I, <laughs> I don't recall. Uh, I don't recall people spontaneously turning into skeletons in That's any true. episodes of Power Rangers. That is true. I'll give also, you that. Power Rangers <laughs> at least is thematically consistent from scene to scene. You either have, <laughs> you know, like live action or, um, you know, uh, giant props. But this, in, in Godzilla versus Hedera, out of nowhere, all of a sudden you've got animation. And oh, why? Yeah. It's, it's so bizarre. School Schoolhouse smog. Like, yeah. just, <laughs> it like yeah, does so this I- 1970s. Yeah, Schoolhouse Rock or like Monty Python animation that's like it tells it kind of gives you chapters and it's but it is like educational. It's like what will happen when the smog takes over? Yeah. You know, when the pollution is too much. And it is I, it, this might be one of the most heavy handed <laughs> movies I've ever seen. Oh, for sure. It's like every idea in this epoch. Was, was like everything floating around in the zeitgeist, like everything about environmentalism and like freedom with music and drugs. It's like, yeah, man, throw it in the movie. Cool. <laughs> <laughs> the best way to describe this movie is like a giant fever dream. Like this entire movie is just bizarre. Oh, yeah, absolutely. The, yeah. I kept coming back to uh, Krusty the Clown's famous quote after he watches his own show from the 60s, uh, late 60s, early 70s. And he goes crazy singing the doors. And then it goes back to Krusty and he goes, what was I on? (laughs) (laughs) Just kept thinking about that. (laughs) Uh, And and the lore behind this one, equally crazy. Uh, You you guys want me to tee you up with some info on this one? Yeah. It's really crazy. Um, So going back to our critical history and filmography of Toho's Godzilla series by David Glatt. Go pick it up. It's a great book. Um, uh, This this had... (laughs) numerous pages on this movie and on this era so we're going into the 70s this came out in uh this was released july 24th 1971 in japan it was released in the united states july 1972 and it was double billed with a movie called frogs does has anybody ever heard of this movie called frogs because i looked it up my grandfather worked as a driver on frogs. What? What? Yeah. <laughs> what? You're That's fucking true. kidding. What? I think I I also read that at a certain point it was also double billed with another crazy movie called The Thing with Two Heads. No yes. way. Yeah. This yeah. is great. 
that's what I read. And the thing with two heads, um, uh, Ryan Haley, just before we started recording this podcast, I was like, what the heck is the thing with two heads? So I looked up a trailer for that movie and it is so bonkers. It's basically, you have a racist old white man who, <laughs> and you have like a, a black prisoner who's about to be executed. And the racist old white man is waiting for a body transplant. So what they do is they temporarily put his head onto the shoulder of the black uh, prison inmate and uh, they wake up and it's just hilarious hijinks of a bigot and a, <laughs> a black dude and Tyler has them yelling at each other, like telling each other to shut up at least four or five times. And it's it seems like super off the wall. I cannot even imagine going to see Smog Monster and the thing with two heads. I, or, or, or Frog. Or what is Frog. Frog Let me tell you what Frogs is about. Yeah. This film also falls into the eco-horror category. Okay. It's an upper-class upper, upper U.S. Southern family. They're victimized by several different animal species, including snakes, birds, and lizards, as well as the occasional butterfly. <laughs> <laughs> Guess who was the star of Frogs? Burt Reynolds. No, but that's actually pretty close. Who? Does it, Ryan, do you have a guess or do you know? No, I felt like I know it. My guess would have also been Burt Reynolds. Well, it's about <laughs> to blow your minds because it was Sam Elliott. <laughs> <laughs> Sam Elliott is the wildlife Sam photographer Elliot? Pickett Smith who gets wow. pulled into all wow. this. Joan Van Ark is in it. Uh, you know, of like broad stage and screen. She's a major broad, Broadway actress too and was on Dallas and all that stuff. Adam Rourke was in it. Uh, we got, I mean, it's, it's stacked with people that went different places. Oh, you know what, Haley? I, now I looked up the the cover for Frogs, and I do remember this movie. I don't think I watched it, maybe, but it ha- on the cover it has like <laughs> it, it's, it's a very poorly photoshopped, just like a frog with a mouth hanging out of it, with a with a with a hand. Or hang, yeah, yeah. yeah or, frog, you said a frog with a mouth hanging out of it. I, well, you know, the mouth has a hand hanging out of it. <laughs> mouth hanging out of the frog. There's a hand hanging out of the mouth. It's hanging out of the frog. <laughs> uh, he's got a frog. He's got a hand hanging out of his mouth. And the tagline is, if you are squeamish, stay home. Cold, green skin against soft, warm flesh. <laughs> <laughs> Croak. Scream. <laughs> Yeah, now I'm reading the synopsis of this movie, and it makes way more sense than the thing with two heads to be paired with Godzilla. <laughs> it says, unsurprisingly, grumpy Southern chemical baron Jason Crockett is not terribly concerned with the environment. When Pickett Smith, a wildlife photographer in the area, stumbles upon the snake-bitten corpse of Crockett's gardener, who was sent out to spray pesticide, he knows something is amiss. <laughs> Smith attempts to warn Crockett that his family uh, has to postpone their 4th of July celebrations as local animals begin behaving strangely, but Crockett stubbornly refuses. Oh, man. Oh, this, uh, I love this. This is a reviewer from HorrorNews.net. Found it odd for a horror film to be titled Frogs when, quote, all the killings in the film are done by animals other than frogs. (laughs) 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 Ah, Classic. (laughs) Well, (laughs) if you're starting there, I'm going to tell you something. Ghidorah is a step up. <laughs> um, by the way, real quick before we move on from frogs, I looked it up on IMDb, <laughs> and it's recommending more movies like this. There's a movie called Grizzly. There's a movie called Bug. There's <laughs> there's a movie called Tentacles. Then there is Day of the Animals. 
Then there's Squirm, and that's guess what that one's about? Worms? Worms, yes. Wow. <laughs> so there's a whole subgenre of movies, like horror movies, for fans of just single animal titles. That's amazing. <laughs> hey, birds started a movement. That's right, yeah. <laughs> Uh, but yeah, this is, and, and it's funny with, uh, with this movie, um, so wait, it's pronounced Hedora? Wait, how's it pronounced? So, yeah. Hedora. Hedora. Hedora, yeah, yeah Hedora, mm -hmm. which, uh, so the interesting thing with this is that this is from the era commonly seen as a very silly era, and I, so something I found interesting about that was the background that Kalat gives is that actually it was doing pretty well for the they had to adapt to the fact that 70 to 75 percent of movie going audiences in japan fell off in by the 70s 70 to 75 70 yeah because what the heck happened a pandemic no <laughs> <laughs> no but there is that groovy sequence with gas masks in the <laughs> in, in the in the movie <laughs> no in night in 1964, they had the Tokyo Olympics. So nearly every Japanese household got a TV. And so then they started people. It's like literally the same thing that people were freaking out about a couple years ago with the Internet, really, like and streaming and everything. And I guess they're still freaking out, but a little less. The, but yeah, everybody was staying home with their TVs. And so they stopped going to domestic Japanese releases. And the other thing that started happening was that uh, you the. United States started making genre films, whereas they used to be like the the realm of the B movie. But the U.S. started making genre films and making them well, so they really took mm -hmm. over there. So basically, this one actually was this. They did the right thing with this, which was making it super targeted uh, towards kids and making Godzilla the super friendly guy and everything, just to get asses in the seats, basically. Um, so that's why this whole era. For the next 10 years, this whole kind of show era is bananas. Hmm. Wow. So they were. this was like their experimental phase to get uh, audiences to resonate with Godzilla more? I mean, this is very clearly um, of the era where Godzilla is a hero to children. Mm -hmm. And uh, our main child protagonist in the movie, I don't want to skip too far ahead, but like he has a telepathic connection with Godzilla. Oh, he sure does. He, he, he knows does. He knows exactly <laughs> where Godzilla will be at least three seconds before Godzilla <laughs> shows up. And also, like, it, it's never addressed. Never. It, it's, just, it's just like, it's just taken as fact that this child has a psychic connection to Godzilla. Mm -hmm. I, also, yeah. I also want to say that, like, this movie... It's like clearly aimed at kids, but even then, like watching it at eight, there is a lot of imagery in this movie that I realized has stuck with me because it's so weird and like yeah, unsettling. Yeah. There's like they so not since this was the first movie since the first Godzilla to actually show people dying. They had implied yeah. it before. They've implied it in all the other ones, but they didn't show it since the very first one. So that's so that's interesting too. They like it's for kids, and then they're like, eh, "Watch these yeah. people melt to skeletons." <laughs> yeah, it's just dying. Baby. And, and... <laughs> what that? There's a baby trapped in sludge. Yeah, a baby trapped in sludge. A cat is yeah. gets, is targeted, and he meows sadly. And then I was like, "Now I care." <laughs> um yeah uh very bizarre and they also also one of the only godzilla movies that actually showed 
not only the, the dead bodies, but um, the body count. There was a news report yeah. that said this many oh, yeah. people have been injured, this many people have been killed, and this many people, uh, this many buildings have been destroyed. Uh, very bizarre. And then we also got to talk about this over-the-top bonkers sitcom music. I don't even know. Oh, how to uh, yeah. Uh, listen, I got some info on that for you. <laughs> yes, uh, so yeah, this guy, this guy took over uh, Richiro Manabe. He was a student of Akira Ikafube's, but uh, he said, they said, Manabe, I love this quote, Manabe's quote, irritating score <laughs> leaps, <laughs> leaps about between wildly different tempos, featuring a horn fanfare, a patriotic march, and a twangy mouth, mouth harp. <laughs> yeah. Yep. It was so crazy. It's so true. I was like, what the hell is happening? <laughs> um so weird so weird it was so weird so uneven and and the this was like yano this was his he was like an enthusiastic young director got handed this was really ragging on uh kimura who was who was writing it and 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 he like upped the game on it and tanaka who had produced the film was in the hospital during shooting it and so then after he got out of the hospital he went and saw it and he's <laughs> He told, quote, he told Mr. Bono, you ruined the Godzilla series. Bono was banned. <laughs> <laughs> so so that's some of that stuff. And then, uh, but the other, another interesting thing, and then we'll jump in, is that um, uh, Nakajima and Satsuma were obviously, oops, sorry, uh, obviously Nakajima was Godzilla, but Satsuma was, uh, was the smog monster. And I'm going to give you one more quote on this. It was 330 pounds, the costume. 330 wow. pounds. Um, they it was a difficult and unpleasant experience. Uh, but then they became friends. During, this was the film where they became friends. And uh, the way that, he, that Satsuma recalled that he was asked about it. Um, so Teru, Teru Tsuyoshi Nakano had heard of Satsuma's strength and good physical condition. So he called him for an interview. And this is the quote interview. So Mr. Nakano told me his story and I started to ask him some questions. So what type of role should I take in this film, sir? Mr. Nakano replied, oh, yes, it's a very powerful role, Mr. Nakayama. There's a meteorite which falls into Tagunara Bay in Shizuoka Prefecture, and it grows into a huge 50 meter monster named Hedora. OK, and I went and I want you to do the monster. Uh, long silence and dumbfounded look. Well, I was extremely disappointed, to say the least. <laughs> uh, yeah, so there's a there's a lot of fun stuff happening behind the I, scenes on this one. I read another factoid that uh, Satsuma apparently got appendicitis during the shoot. Oh, shit. And he had they couldn't take the suit off of him. So they had to do the operation while he was still in... Oh. The Hedora suit. I did hear this. Oh my yeah. god, and that's then crazy. Three hundred thirty pounds. Also, this is apparently how he discovered that uh, he was immune to local anesthetic. Wow! Oh, oh my god, no, the poor guy had to, without anesthesia, oh, in a Hedora suit. I mean, talk about talk about a fever. Uh, fever. Yeah, yeah, it's a fever dream for everybody involved. <laughs> 
Yeah, he's probably hallucinating from pain in this giant, bizarre, surreal Hedora costume. I mean, I can't imagine doing anything in a Hedora costume, but just doing the movie itself. Oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> oh, my God. That is mind-blowing. And then wow. and they were going to do uh, – Bono thought it, it turned out so well – or Bono thought it turned out so well he was going to do a sequel set in Africa. And <laughs> they were working on it until the and, – and, uh, and when Tanaka pulled him off and banned him. Yeah. Well, from what I, there were, I guess, some later interviews with Bono where he said that his plan was actually to develop another Godzilla sequel, but then uh, at the same time he was planning on doing a Hedora spinoff. Oh my! As god. well. Oh my god, that's amazing. There was. That- <laughs> I'm still trying to think of what a Godzilla movie would look like on the continent of Africa. <laughs> yeah. What would the monsters look like? I've never seen Godzilla in Africa at all. He should be. Oh, yeah. Uh, he goes to Africa yeah. once a year. Yeah. <laughs> climbs Kilimanjaro. On a, on a little rampage tour. Yeah, he does a rampage tour. <laughs> really nice. He does a little volunteer work. <laughs> he's got a picture of himself with a lot of african kids around that's his, that's his instagram photo yeah Stay and everybody rolls their eyes at it and they're like Jesus. yeah <laughs> <laughs> he's he doesn't know really know how to build the buildings and they have to redo his work every night but... <laughs> he volunteers with kaiju without borders kaiju. <laughs> <laughs> wait wait bravo ryan quarantine applause yeah <laughs> Oh, and we got our uh, audience member back. All right, Boner Man. Boner Joe's here. <laughs> ah, Boner Joe. Boner yeah. Joe. See, as opposed to the soundtrack in this movie, which is a mouth harp that does sound the same, this is just a boner. Right. <laughs> that, that is correct. This is just a boner. Uh, well, what do you guys say if we jump in on this crazy fucking movie? Let's do it. Yes, please. Yay. Uh, so... <laughs> So I I will say this starts we get to the monster pretty fast we get to Hedora pretty fast right oh yeah yeah the, the setup the premise is like you know credits running and it's like you already know what's going on there's a bunch of sludge in the ocean and it's becoming a monster mm-hmm. get it got it good I'm okay with that you know like get get him to the uh, what's that phrase get him to the army what's the uh, expression get him to the circus get him to the Greek. No, no. <laughs> there's, there's like a writing book, uh, and it talks about the movie Stripes, and the movie Stripes like starts when they get, go to the army. So basically, the the idea is just get them where they're supposed to be as quickly as possible. This movie does it. Boom! Opening credits. There's a bunch of sludge. It's a monster. Got it. I'm into it. Totally. <laughs> yeah. Which, by the way, it's kind of like the host. They got there pretty fast, and there were some sludge. So, you know, like it was exactly. Yeah, I was same shit. That. Yeah, yeah, there's some serious. Yeah. It made me wonder if Fang Jun Ho had. I mean, he has to have seen Godzilla versus Smog Monster, like because he would have. He how old is Fang Jun Ho? He's probably like he's fifty one, I think. Oh, so he probably definitely saw it. Yeah, yeah. Um, but the uh, yeah, it starts with that, and it does it start with the. I'm trying to remember if it starts with the the crazy song, or if it. Yeah, it does, doesn't it? 
It, the so I watch dubs. You guys watch subs, which, so there's some interesting uh, differences. But I'm pretty sure the beginning also starts with the lady singing, "Save yes. the earth, save the <laughs> earth." <laughs> yes, and I have that song. If you want to, if you want me to play a part of it, it is. I think I, mean, we, I read the I read the lyrics in, in the in the subs, and I thought, wow, that's crazy. And then because Haley, uh, you watch the dubs, and I and. Did. Uh, you were texting us before the show, and you're like, "Wow, those lyrics are so dumb." I'm like, uh, "That's probably accurate then, because the lyrics sounded dumb in the in the subs as well." Let's. I think you need to play it because it does play several times during the movie. So, yeah, you need to. You need this. This brings you into the movie. Yeah. So yeah. Here, I'll play, I'll play a segment. This is this. It's so upbeat. I'm just wondering what the symbolism means. That lyric about the moon is not in the <laughs> Japanese version. <laughs> it's no, my favorite one. They went off. They went off on their own creative impulses there. <laughs> yeah, this is. It seems like this entire decade, like the ethos was, um, nobody says no to anything. <laughs> yeah, that's <laughs> so true. I love it. I love that that move. We're moving. We're moving. Moving to the moon. No, <laughs> just is like, wait, what? We're moving to the moon. I guess also then I'm like, then problem solved. Yeah, because <laughs> we're out of here. I mean, I get it. I always think like, well, I guess we trashed this one. We got we got to go next planet. <laughs> And earlier in the, the there's two versions, there's two, she sings like, it's the same tune, but she also sings earlier, islands, fish, where have you gone? Dragonflies, butterflies, where have you gone? Mercury, cobalt, cadmium. And she just starts like, <laughs> she lists, I swear to God, she lists, uh, she lists elements or compounds for like four lines. This is what she says. Mercury, cobalt, cadmium. Lead, sulfuric acid, oxidants, cyanogen, manganese, vanadium, chromium, potassium, strontium. <laughs> you know I'm mean? going, Haley. This is really catchy. <laughs> I'm really into it for real. Like I can listen to a song just with elements. I I still like most alphabet songs from Seth. Yeah, I'm into it. <laughs> Helium, lithium. Yeah, I'm like tapping my toe over. You guys can't see, but I'm like tapping my toe. <laughs> oh yeah. Well, there is there is the Elements song by Tom Lehrer. Oh, what's that? I don't think I've heard that. Uh, it's from the '60s. He was like a novelty uh, songwriter, and he got played on Doctor Demento a bunch. Probably oh. his two biggest hits were the Elements song and um, uh, Poisoning Pigeons in the Park. Which Here, is I got. I actually pulled that up. Let's uh, let's listen, take a quick listen because it is it does look like a very old song. Quality writing makes your score. <laughs> 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 
I'm not cutting is this, this out. Is this a sponsor I'm... of the podcast? It, oh, is, it is now. No. <laughs> I'm not cutting this out of the edit. I'm keeping it. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Oh, man. Uh, here it is. Oh, yeah, I know the song. Mm-hmm. Arsenic, aluminum, selenium, and hydrogen and oxygen. Oh, yeah. This is from yeah. Pirates of Penzance. Yeah, the right. The, it's from the ma- yep. I am a minor general. Maybe he said it to the tune to the to the tune of that song. Ah, yes, the elements. That's what he did. Love it. I love what it. Is- well, they clearly. I mean, they they took this because then they <laughs> they they were like they took that song. They were like that song is catchy. Now let's give it a little spin. And that's what happened. <laughs> um, so yeah, so we get we get the song based on the element song by Tom Lear, um, and and then that's and it's like she's singing superimposed over it. You are like, this is the late '60s, early '70s, all the way. Everyone, like you're you're already. They tell they, they tell you up front you're in for a drug trip. So then we go to a, a little kid named Ken Yano, and he's playing with his Godzilla toys, his highly marketable Godzilla toys. <laughs> <laughs> and when his uncle, and he asks him if Godzilla's his favorite, he's like, he's like, Godzilla is Superman, is what he says. That's right, yeah. And yeah. does he say you, but he also likes Superman? Is that... Yeah, yeah. he says, I, I thought it said in the dubs that Superman, Superman will just, is better than them all. But then I, that could be wrong. So maybe somebody can chime in on that. I thought he said that, but I also have terrible hearing. <laughs> so. In the, well, in, I believe in this, in the subs, it says Godzilla is a Superman and Superman is not capitalized. So oh, okay. I don't think he's talking about the copyrighted character Superman. I think he's describing Godzilla as the, uh, the archetype of the Ubermensch. Oh, here I got, I got it. I just pulled it up. It's at uh, three minutes and 38 seconds in on the subs. And so his uh, his his uh, I guess uncle comes in the scene and he says uh, you like Godzilla and then the kid says I like Superman comma too and Superman is capitalized so I think he is talking about the copyright <laughs> Superman. Okay, great. <laughs> of course. Also, great. I want to I want to talk about this uncle character because he has such a weird arc in this movie. Yeah, <laughs> yeah he does. Just before we before we we'll get into it, but I just want to put a pin in that. Yeah, uh, well, I mean, he was the character at the start of the movie inside the club, uh, tripping on acid, right? Is that what you wanted to refer to, Ryan? Yeah, well, I mean, that's just one of the things that happens to him. And also, it's never clear why he has that hallucination. <laughs> yeah, that was crazy. The fish fish hallucination? The dancing fish hallucination. They should just like... call this movie Dancing Fish Hallucination. <laughs> <laughs> You know, the thing is, with like any movie from this era, when there's a like some character tripping out, everyone always is like an aggressive asshole to them. Like the fish people, they were just like in his face about it. I'm like, mm-hmm. can you just have a normal trip where he's <laughs> like kind of crazy stuff, but they're not so aggressive and not so scary and not in your face about it? Well. I'm gonna do out. We don't know. We don't know. That was for the spinoff. <laughs> that was what they were gonna explore in Africa. <laughs> but yeah, so like, yeah, this uncle is Yukio, and and boy, he meets a weird fate. Um, <laughs> he gets he gets fucking blazed out by uh, by Adora. He, I, I figured. By the way, when we when we. 
Yeah. Uh, I mean, we're jumping ahead. Uh, is it okay to jump ahead? Yeah. I, you, you, wanted we, to okay. com- you wanted to comment on his arc, so I think it's okay. I think it's yeah. okay. Yeah. So <laughs> he, he stages this, I don't know what it is, reopen the economy protest on Mount Fuji. <laughs> and <laughs> he... <laughs> He's when Hidora shows up, he goes, he says with absolutely no evidence whatsoever that this is true. It's afraid of fire. Yes. (laughs) Let's throw torches at it. They start throwing (laughs) torches at Hidora. Hidora keeps coming. Hidora is clearly not afraid of fire. Unaffected, unfazed. And yeah. he just sludges the shit out of them. He does. And they all turn to bones as a bunch of old people watch on from the bush. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Which I was like, I was watching this and I was like, this is George's favorite part of the movie. Because he's uh, yeah. watching a bunch of hippies get mowed down. <laughs> You're so right, Haley. I like, I'm, so I'm like, yeah, man, I really don't dig this music at all. I don't like what they're about. <laughs> But I was going to ask you guys, because I I think I, it's one of two things and they're equally plausible. Either I missed something and I don't know why the old people are there watching and who they are, or I understood it exactly correctly and it's just some random old people watching on. I think it's like a, I think it's like, I think it's supposed to be like a joke. Like it's like these old people are just hanging out in this field and they cut to them to be like get a load of these young people am i right yeah it's supposed to it's supposed to really give it to the young people it's supposed to be like these old people that have survived like the atomic bombs and stuff like that are watching them and being like what a bunch of silly useless children you fools (laughs) you fools uh yeah i do like that that kind of uh moral lesson that you learn in most horror movies where uh, there's always like some tut tut finger wagging, like you guys are the ones who are not paying respect to tradition, and now you're going to get killed by a giant smog monster. <laughs> exactly. Although authority gets everything wrong in this movie, there's no like like everybody gets all the plans get ruined, and it's just kind of by chance that Godzilla takes Hedora out in this the, one, which is very weird. Yeah. Well, there's even a. I, I mean, there is a moment because <laughs> I near the end when they're like they've got the whole like electrode machine set up to destroy Hedora and then it blows a fuse and then it cuts to Godzilla like looking at the camera and shaking his head yes Godzilla goes these stupid humans (laughs) I gotta take care of everything myself (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> yep it's great <laughs> yeah there's a lot of and godzilla well we'll get to the part where godzilla propels himself with his breath too um <laughs> some really fun stuff so so we the, ken's playing with his toys we're gonna follow ken the whole movie as we said yukio gets just absolutely bodied later um <laughs> But there's there's a, an old fisherman comes to the to their house to show Ken's dad, who's a biologist uh, named Toru, this strange black tadpole. And this is this is very similar to the original Godzilla. There's like some they did a pretty good job with some parallels and stuff. Um, mm-hmm. And uh, because also when the when the fish all die in the lab, it's very similar to Sarazawa's uh, lab. Um, so Yano can't figure out what the specimen is. He asks where he caught it. He's like, I caught it in Suruga Bay, um, and it's becoming more and more polluted. And he said that there's no shrimp anymore. He can't find anything. 
And then when the family watches the news, they see a report about a big black monster that attacked oil tankers that had crashed. Um, and so Ken is like, oh my gosh, it is, it's a big version of the tadpole the fisherman brought over, which is an amazing, amazing leap. Congratulations, Ken. Um, and then, <laughs> <laughs> like, I was like, what? You put that together? Like, this kid just constantly, like, just off, off the cuff gives solutions. Um, yeah. and so He's he got just, that psychic connection to Godzilla. Well, right. Ooh, I can see what's going to happen. Two seconds before. So Dr. Yano goes and he's like, I'm going to go investigate. I'm a, I'm a marine and biologist. The dream of every child. And <laughs> and he goes, I just, I, huh? I just want to say, uh, Professor Yano, great example of how none of the characters in this movie have very good self-preservation instincts. Because <laughs> so he hears there's a giant monster that just destroyed two uh, oil tankers and his first instinct is, yeah, I'm going to go just jump into the ocean and take a look. <laughs> Honestly, though, now I'm starting to think after after this pandemic, I'm starting to think all of that shit makes sense because I'm like, I thought the doomsday <laughs> preppers would be in their bunkers. But here they are demanding we have to go. They got to go to the store. <laughs> they got to nah, go get their haircuts. <laughs> I mean, I just myself, too. Um, I remember right after 9-11 happens, I was driving down the street. And everybody at the time was like afraid of like terrorist attacks. And um, there was like anthrax and poison gas and stuff. And I saw this big green cloud hovering. This was in Utah. I saw this big green cloud. And I was like, I wonder what that is. And I rolled down my window to sniff it. <laughs> I was like, oh, oh, yeah, I probably shouldn't do that. <laughs> That's great. Hey, if chemistry class taught me nothing else, it's as long as you wafted it towards your nose gently, you'll be okay. <laughs> yeah. Do you guys yeah, remember I'm that? Where there's like, never smell a chemical directly, just waft it with your hand. I, I've, I've been scolded <laughs> in chemistry class two times in my life, chemistry class and perfume shops. That's Not all you've been scolded? <laughs> That's it. Just the two times. <laughs> <laughs> it was Mother's Day yesterday. Of course I got scolded. <laughs> Wait, so why did you get scolded in chemistry class and by a perfume person? Oh, well, in chemistry class, because of course I was like, I got a big, I got a big nose, okay? I like to use it. And <laughs> <laughs> he enters the room nose first. <laughs> the nose knows, okay? And then in the perfume shop, like, I don't know. I don't buy perfume very often. I'm Armenian. I can't wear cologne. Like I <laughs> It's a thing, you know, because like it's a thing. It's a, it's a, if I wear any amount of cologne, it's going to be too much. And so um, <laughs> I don't buy it very often. So if I'm in a perfume shop, I don't know what the etiquette is. I don't know what the so I, I, I didn't know you're supposed to dab it on the stick or whatever, the little wafter and then like fl like flutter it in front of your nose. I just like dip my finger in it, smell it. And I'm like, oh, no, no. <laughs> <laughs> then you look down and you're like, I'm wearing a gold chain necklace. You went weird, through a whole transformation. Weird cultural and ethnic turn we took here on God's Delivered Podcast. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, uh, well, 
I laugh, but you guys should see my roots right now. So, okay. <laughs> uh, this Karen we'll needs her website. hair dyed. <laughs> what? We'll post the picture on the website. Yeah. Oh, yeah. By by yeah. all means, guys. I look, I look like garbage. Hey, uh, that's not true. But speaking of um, <laughs> Haley, <laughs> and we got to mention this again because uh, the the kind people at G Fan Magazine. Oh right, yes. Did, they did such a good job with your spread. And if you guys haven't checked it out yet, you've got to check it out. Haley, they, we did, uh, they did such a big write up on the podcast and it's did an amazing. interview with Haley. Yeah. Yeah. That was like, uh, and, and, uh, Jason Stranges was the one that interviewed me and I was so impressed by the magazine they sent me that I subscribed for the year and it's only like 25 bucks, but each, each magazine comes with like you get a, a a fold out, you get it's so freaking cool. Last month's came with a, and I think it's quarterly. So the one I got last month came with an original Godzilla poster, like the a replica of it with with the all of the American reviews on top of it, where it's like it'll scare you silly and stuff like that. It was awesome, so highly recommend. And yeah, thanks again to G Man Mag, uh, G Fan Magazine, G, G Man Magazine. Get there. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> that's the that's the magazine for FBI agents. Yeah. Circa 1963. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yep. <laughs> but yeah, G-Fan, I mean, really so great. And every article in it was really wonderful. So uh, thanks again to Jason and uh, pick up pick up a copy on their website, G-Fan. Um, but yeah, so back so back to the <laughs> back to the movie. Um, anyway, so <laughs> uh, the so well, they watched they watched this report can the and his dad go down his dad's like i'm gonna go dive into the bay to go check it out he goes in and it's past two when he said he was going to return so the kid starts freaking out and then we then hedora comes to shore and i like basically goes to attack the kid but the kid luckily has his trusty fucking knife a giant knife (laughs) an insanely large knife Every child needs a knife their size. <laughs> That's one of the lyrics in the in the song. <laughs> so and the kid the kid going to the moon with my moon knife. <laughs> Cadmium, lithium. <laughs> Manganese. <laughs> You can make knives out of all of these things. <laughs> Woo! I'm applauding. That was terrific. <laughs> so the kid holds up the kid holds up a knife and like a like a horror free willy, it jumps over him. <laughs> instead of reaching up with his hand, he reaches up with a knife and slices it. Um, yeah, and it's it's weird. It's almost like the knife goes through this tadpole creature. The smog creature, like um, a knife through butter, except it's mud. And uh, and the kid isn't even like sta- he's not even stabbing. He's kind of looking away and just holding the knife in the air. And the tadpole, um, you know, very conveniently slices its belly along the along the knife. Mm-hmm. Exactly. And so there's he he's able to kind of detect that it was mud, that it's made of mud. Um, so it you know it doesn't hurt him, but it goes back he goes back out, you know, and then, then there's this, um, he has a burn on his hand. Ken has a burn on his hand. So that's foreshadowing. And then Yano sees the monster approaching him and he's, and he gets attacked. So this is where, you know, he has bandages over his face for the rest of the rest of the movie, basically like over half his face. He's got the Phantom of the Opera thing going. 
Yeah. I, I thought this was a uh, possibly a throwback to the original um, doctor scientist. Who, Sarazawa. Who, Sarazawa, that's yeah. right. I thought, right? Well, because it, we have this, is, the fish yeah. theme. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, because then cool. you do the fish thing. Yeah, exactly. I, which I thought was, I thought that was great too. I completely mm-hmm. agree. I thought it was cool. I thought it kind of kept us grounded in what made the original Godzilla great, and still was doing this thing that now that we know that it had to appeal to kids was doing this. So I thought that was really cool. Yep, and also yeah. so shortly after uh, we see uh, the the professor um, in bed and bed. And I say bed loosely here because. Every time he's in bed in this movie, he's just on the floor. Um, and I guess, like, I don't know, is that, a, is that, I know, I know Japanese people sometimes sit on the floor to eat, but I don't think, is it, is it common that they sleep on the floor as well? Is that just a thing with they with like the floor and a pillow, it seemed like? I think, it's, okay, I could be very wrong. Um, I should check with my sister-in-law, but I think back in the day that, that may have been more common because we did we did stay in a ryoka and we did sleep on the floor with mat on the tatami mats with like they oh, spread out the bedding yeah okay. so I think that's more of a traditional that you like like peasant folk back in the day probably would sleep like that. Oh. It also it also seems like he's bedridden, but only when it's convenient for the movie. Because <laughs> when the movie so needs true. him to be up and walking around, he is. He's uh-huh. fine. But then, <laughs> but then when the movie doesn't need him to be, uh, like his wife is like, "You need to stay in bed," and he's like, "I'm too weak." Yeah, that's so true. It's so true. She's like, sometimes he listens to her, sometimes he doesn't. Sometimes <laughs> he doesn't. <laughs> also, I'd like to say. For for all those listeners out there, I was able to readily identify all of the fish in this movie because of Animal Crossing. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, oh, I caught that fish. That's a surgeon fish. Okay, that's a butterfly fish. I know that one. That's worth 2,500 bells. <laughs> so, so, you know, it's really teaching me a lot, this game. Yeah, um, we're all learning things during quarantine some some of us just learning things about ourselves yep uh, some learning about yeah. ourselves some like me i almost chased a butterfly the other day in real life because i've been playing this game so much <laughs> falling apart uh, <laughs> so um so then they go they get interviewed by reporters and yeah. uh they ken named it uh hedora um or head say it right somebody Hedora. Hedora. Which means sl- like slime or mud monster, right? Um, yeah, it's gotta be. I mean, yeah. it came up with it too in this movie, so it's it's very basic. Like, yeah, it's a, <laughs> it's a it's monster. And, yeah. He yeah. basically named the monster Sludgy. Yeah. yeah. Look, roast him, George. Look, it's been a minute. <laughs> All right. I'm socializing too much. I don't even remember what it's like. <laughs> um, what am I supposed to not make fun of anymore? I don't know. I don't either. I don't think, I think everything, I think we've hit the inflection point. I think now you can make fun of everything again. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Uh, and before the second wave hits. And then, yeah, and more, then tragedy. Again, yeah, more tragedy. Yeah, more tragedy. Yeah, right now it's just gallows humor. Go for it. So <laughs> uh, the uh, roar from Hedora uh, is from Kemula, uh, which is a gas monster from the original Ultraman series. 
Kimular. Oh, Sorry, Kimular. Interesting. Kimular. Oh, there's. Mm-hmm. There's another. Uh, I caught another Ultraman reference in this uh, movie. Oh, interesting. Well, there's actually a couple because uh, at the beginning, uh, Ken has an Ultraman toy in his like. Oh yeah, he does. Toy shed. Uh, and then also in the fight with Hedora, Godzilla tries to block Hedora's laser like Ultraman does by putting his arm up. Oh, but yeah. he gets burned and then he like waves his hand around because uh, it got burnt. <laughs> ah. uh, so there's a little Ultraman joke yeah, in there. Which would make sense because Ultraman was doing really well at the time. The Ultraman series mm-hmm. was doing really well, so that would make sense, like why you want to tag that onto there. And also, the he- Hedora comes from—he's uh, an alien thing. He's an alien monster, so that works well for like the kind of Cold War thing where <laughs> where yeah. J- Japan didn't want to be. Japan was like firmly stuck in the middle <laughs> uh, of everything, and so they were like, "Okay, this is good. It's just from space. We don't have to feel bad about it. Any of that crap." Um, and, uh, the other thing that, uh, about Hedorah, now that we've seen him, is that, uh, everybody agreed and agrees that his eyes look kind of like vaginas. Uh, yeah, and, uh, yeah, yeah, uh, for sure. That is, that's straight from <laughs> several sources. If you think I'm just being ribald. Um, it's from tohokingdom.com. I, I do too. <laughs> it's from tohokingdom.com. It's from so many sources. They're like, they yeah. know it. they look like well, vaginas. Also, like, there's a, there's a lot going on with Hidora's design. Um, cause there is like one thing, there's one, one of the animated sequences Hedora like flies at the camera and there's just like a split second where you can see these like weird pink teats on the underside of Hedora's body. <laughs> and then also every time, every time Hedora shoots sludge, it looks like he's shooting a little black poop out. <laughs> oh my God, you're right. <laughs> Does <just> kind of <laughs> eject it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It did look like poop. Also, um, at uh, before we we uh, we move on too far, but at, near the beginning, still, or I guess like a, this is about a, a quarter into the movie. There is a, a weird song that plays, and it, I was reading the lyrics in Japanese, uh, you know, the subtitles, and it says all this is thrown. So it's talking, it's showing all the sludge and stuff in the ocean, and there's a line that says all this is thrown into the sea, even urine. Is that <laughs> was that in the dub? <laughs> I missed that. And what yeah, I missed it. If it was, I I missed it. Uh, 30 I minutes, like, yeah, thirteen minutes forty four seconds in. I'll play a little clip of it. Listen to this. Come on. I mean, I guess it's just you know the bonkers goofy music, but <laughs> yeah. Every it's time Godzilla shows up, it, it's like. It's the kind of thing that's like, <laughs> it's the kind of music I would expect like a giant King Ralph to show up <laughs> or something. Yeah. Like, it's like, very bizarre music. It's almost like dumbass music. Like, it is, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> right? King Ralph all the way. King Ralph. Yeah, it's just uh, like, dur, dur. Godzilla walks in <laughs> with like a, a propeller hat on. <laughs> <laughs> 
But yeah, it says, won't Godzilla get angry if he sees all this? So this is like, it doesn't even explain this part, but you find out it's a letter that a kid is writing in grade school. It says, won't Godzilla get angry if he sees all this? Surely he will. And then Godzilla walks up to this like big mass of sludge in the ocean and just starts blasting it with his breath. Oh, yeah. Which, that's not going to help air pollution, Godzilla. Yeah, yeah, Godzilla's not exactly on, assisting, we have to say. <laughs> <laughs> um, so after we find out there's, what, piss in the lake or piss in the sea? Piss, uh, yeah. <laughs> um, they find out that the... Hedora, tackle- the piss monster. <laughs> 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 That's what I call George when he's drunk. (laughs) This gives me power. (laughs) The creepiest monster. coming to check on me <laughs> um so they find out that the tadpole's actually a mineral he plays they they figure out that it starts like coming together and creating more hedoras so they basically like oh this these things can kind of part and come together and part and come together um then we go to yukio's night at the nightclub <laughs> Yes. Oh my God. Um, (laughs) (laughs) Well, this is where all the drugs come in. Uh, (laughs) He there's so this like whole I don't know. Let's get into this this uh, this nightclub scene. Um, The girls singing the song again. Cadmium lithium manganese. The weirdest, just the weirdest like stage (laughs) setup. She's. She's the whole band is playing on stage and she's just like on this platform across the room from them. Yes. She's unmiked and yet everyone can hear her. <laughs> Everybody and, and, and wearing almost like as if um someone was like covered in tattoos from head to toe, but it's a it's like a weird um late like a bodysuit, like a yoga suit, but like a one piece, right? Yeah. yeah. It looked like it looked like she was trying to do the Goldie Hawn. You know how Goldie Hawn would paint herself yeah. like to protest back like in the late sixties? It felt like she was mm-hmm. she was like trying to do that. And then she was then she was like, Save the earth. The earth is a mom. Call your mom. And um and then the then then the like there's like some people gambling in a warehouse i thought it was the same place but it wasn't oh yeah nearby yeah it's nearby right because then uh and hetero are fighting outside and there's like a bunch of sludge that very strategically makes it through this window of this like tiny little gambling parlor right and just just buries these dudes yeah Yeah, fucking crazy yeah like there's so these people are dancing at this club it's all 60 the 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 visual effects happening behind them are insane it's like bubbles popping and shit like that and then skeletons yeah skeleton dancing skeletons the smog monster shows up and starts huffing at off a smokestack he Uh is like a teenager in iowa He's huffing <laughs> and he's going for it. And he uh, 
and he's growing. So he starts going to his phase two. But then he hears Godzilla's roar. So Godzilla shows up and they start fucking, you know, beating the shit out of each other. And yes, and then he decimates like the gamblers and and part of his sludge goes down the stairs into the club, uh, but then goes back out and he leaves behind a kitty who meows sadly. And that yeah, the, the cat on yeah. the steps, and it, and the cat like, you know, looks legitimately covered in mud. I'm like, well, okay, that's weird. But the cat seems fine. Like the cat, I mean, is obviously not an actor, so the yeah. <laughs> the cat just seems mostly annoyed. Annoyed, yeah. Yeah, yeah. That's definitely somebody's cat that was like, well, <laughs> I'll give him bonito flakes after this. Um, so they okay. Wait, Real quick, since you guys are like film people, right? Um, was there any purpose to this hallucinogenic scene? I mean, it was fun to watch, but did it move the movie, did move the needle in any direction, one way or another? Oh, right. No, it has no, no, no bearing this, this on the right. plot whatsoever. This right. is the part so where Yukio is... imagines them all as having fish heads, the people at the party. Mm-hmm. So yeah. this is just like 70s people doing 70s shit. Yep. Right. Yeah. Essentially, yeah. Like it doesn't like it serves neither a plot nor a character purpose. I think it was just. Uh, I think it was just sticking it to hippies. Yeah. I think it was just sticking it to hippies. Like it was just like he's like on drugs, and then he's like everyone's a fish. Uh, and then the sledge comes Ugh. down the stairs. <laughs> and yeah. The sledge comes down the stairs, and he's like so fucking tripped out that it's like everybody else has to help him. So I don't right. know. It kind of felt like he just looked like a fucking yeah. goober. He also immediately after they leave the club and they get into the car, uh, they see Godzilla and he goes, oh, it's Godzilla. Get closer. Oh, yeah, that's right. <laughs> oh, yeah, because God. Godzilla is clearly the, the hero in this movie. He's not yeah. he can do no harm. I got to mm. say, though, this this club scene, it has this on on a projector in the background. It's like. I don't know. It grosses me out when I look at this thing because yes. it looks like um, it's like the cummiest thing. It's just like this <laughs> weird, this weird, <laughs> gross liquid. It's almost like it's just like a splash of weird slime <laughs> or something, and I hate it. And it just doesn't stop. It's like pulsating slime. <laughs> I hate it. I know it's very seventies. I know it's groovy and probably <laughs> something cool to watch when you're high, but knock it off. <laughs> Knock it off. Blow that shit out. Yeah, also they were dancing in front of that slime. Then when real slime showed up, they didn't want to party with it. So, you know, mm-hmm. what's that? Yeah. Say? Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, so that's a good yeah. point, Haley. Yeah, thank you. Thank you. Well, that's what I'm here for. I got a counterpoint Georgia's loathing of hippies. <laughs> this deep, deep hatred of hippies. <laughs> 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 although i, I hated him too i hated like, him i hated him too <laughs> more like hippocrit piece oh yeah mm-hmm. how's our audience member oh oh he hang on mm-hmm. two, two two audience members we got a little bit of a clap all right Ooh, that's a boner oh, for Ryan. A boner. <laughs> yeah is that a boner or a selection from the Godzilla versus Hedorah? <laughs> <laughs> we'll never tell <laughs> yeah Ah, so then there's this after the battle um yukio meets up with his i guess it's his brother right dr yano that's his brother because it's 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 
never clear which one of the parents he's related to. He may not be related to either of them. <laughs> he could just be it. hanging out. It's just being one of those things him. like that's yeah, that's yeah, Uncle Yukio. Be. That's so true. But, yeah, Yukio is uh, like he's the not related to either of them. He's the Kimmy Gibbler or something. Um, <laughs> so so he figures out, uh, Yano has figured out the biology. And he's like, oh, he absorbs toxins and pollutants. And this is where, the, this is like exposition chat. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. What were you going to say, Ryan? What? I wasn't going to say anything. I was oh. just confirming that this, it's just oh, a, got it. purely okay, an exposition. Yeah. Purely an exposition scene. I and I felt that I love the moment where it felt very expositiony because he's like he's feeding on pollutants and they're like, well, wouldn't that make the atmosphere clearer? And then he's like, no, no, <laughs> no, you idiot. And the dub too. <laughs> he says, uh, he says, you would think so, but n- no, it's bad. <laughs> like he literally just says, like <laughs> you would think so, but no. It's bad. <laughs> it just like, moves away. Um, and then he ends up going and, and and explaining more where it says that basically he emits like Hedora where he takes in the pollution, our regular smog, he emits sulfuric acid. So problem. And he came and then he's like, oh, we came to Earth from on the back of a meteor. Yeah, that whole thing seems <laughs> <laughs> right. And the reason, like, okay, tadpole made out of minerals feeds on pollution. Great, it's from space. I'm sorry, that's a little bit. That's a step too far for me. I like my mineral monster pollution tadpoles grounded in reality. Thank you very much. <laughs> I mean, it's very, it's very similar in the setup to um, Godzilla versus Space Godzilla. Remember the um, the name? Actually, I I even have that. They have um, they have the origin of Space Godzilla. Yeah, here's that old clip from Godzilla versus Space Godzilla. Listen how similar the setup is because this is how they set up Space Godzilla. Listen to this. There were only two occasions when G-cells were sent into outer space. One, a fragment of Biollante, and two, Godzilla's flesh attached to Mothra. One of these cells must have been swallowed by a black hole and pushed out from a white hole. <laughs> it grew very quickly in its own evolutionary system, much faster than expected. It assimilated crystal organisms and was exposed to tremendous energies from the explosions of stars. And finally, the most horrific monster was born. That's the theory. <laughs> <laughs> what? That's not a theory. That's just pure conjecture. <laughs> Which part, Brian? <laughs> mm, all of it. This, this is sure to upset Ryan because he's a kaiju birther. <laughs> they have to be from the earth. <laughs> Yeah, I mean this this whole explanation is literally just him sitting down with a like looking at not even you don't even know where they're at because it's just almost like voiceover and there's slides of galaxies and they're like this is the Andromeda yeah. galaxy and this is M eighty two and here is the Orion Nebula that's where Hedora comes from and it's like really why <laughs> because it's it's dark like Hedora. <laughs> uh... Yeah, it's the same things things that are the same color as other things that's where they're from <laughs> don't ask any more questions kid <laughs> i love this because also then when they're when it comes you know, up that they have <laughs> 
like when they're defeated, talking about defeating him, Ken's like, well, it's simple. He's made a sledge. You just got to dry him out. And they're like, <laughs> oh, yeah. they're like, of course. <laughs> it's crazy enough to work. My God, this child's a genius. A child genius. So then, so then, uh, and this is also where I felt that uh, I, the next scene, I was like, no, this wouldn't happen because they're on a roller coaster and being in our own apocalypse of a sorts, we know that all that stuff is closed when something bad makes landfall. So there, hey, you know what? It, whether it's a smog monster or a global pandemic, you know, life's got to go on. Life's you got, know, life's got to go. We on. can't live in fear. People, yeah, can't live in fear. People got to get their thrills. <laughs> <laughs> thrills are a major component of the American experience. Um, <laughs> So they're on the roller coaster, and then the kid has his psychic moment with Godzilla, right? The second yeah, psychic so, moment, because he's had one so, dream, but now he's like, Godzilla's going to show up. Yes. Yeah, so so he's on the roller coaster, and then this they do this several times in the movie, and it's always jarring. I don't like it, but they, <laughs> they have just like a freeze frame, and then they zoom in on it. And it's <laughs> weirdly pixelated and stuff i'm like what am i watching what just happened <laughs> and that's what happens to the kid on the roller coaster and he's the only one who notices godzilla like walking along the horizon it's like yeah freeze frame on a roller coaster zoom into a shadow of godzilla then the kid lands oh and i love this part so the kid so um the the roller coaster stops and the kid's like mommy daddy i saw godzilla and they're like what you you're you, you stop talking nonsense kid and the kid rushes off of the roller coaster and just runs into the carnival like oh the kids running off into a carnival yeah. okay yeah there well, you go I, I don't know if it's <laughs> at first i thought it was like a sign of like oh it's his uncle is like not a really responsible person <laughs> probably should not be in charge of a child but uh, then he calls then ken calls his dad on the payphone and his dad is like run to your mom's school and go find her so he i guess it was just okay to have your kid running around town with no supervision yeah, but, like yeah, whatever. I think the uncle I mean they like, gave him they gave him a giant knife. So yeah, they did. They they actually want this kid gone. They're like Ken, yeah. this kid knows too much. We thought the knife would kill him. Didn't it, he'll run into the <laughs> carnival? He'll be gone. But instead, Godzilla shows up. There's an explosion. I like this this part of the dubs. By the way, when Godzilla shows up and there's like the uh basically so, so what happens here is there's a big. Uh, Godzilla's here, and he knows that Hedorah must be there as well. They, they, there's a big explosion, and he's like on the he's on the phone in the phone booth, and then <laughs> he goes, he like the dub actor just ah phoned it in, ha 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 ha, so bad because the kid Wait, goes, hey, I'm mm -hmm. <laughs> yeah, all right, just playing the drums with his boner. Uh, <laughs> so this kid, the kid's on the phone with his dad. He's telling him what's going on. And then the explosion rocks everything. And this is, he literally comes back up with this tone. There was an explosion, but I'm okay. I'm. <laughs> and then, then he can't get a hold of his dad. And he's like, oh, mm. and he just runs off. You, you know what I think that was? Uh, I think that's only in the dubs because there's no dialogue there in the subs. I think they added that just because they were like, oh we God. can't tell what happened in this scene unless we say it. Oh my! Because God. it is very confusing. That must the have way been. that it's staged. That must have uh, been. And it. also, like, he pops back up the phone booth. Like the windows are blown out. 
the phone is just gone. Yeah, the phone. <laughs> He's got the receiver gone. in his hand. The payphone part has disappeared. Mm-hmm. Yeah, this it's just like the craziest thing. I was like, what the hell? But yeah, that's when he's like, oh, there was an explosion, but I'm still here. <laughs> uh, you know, like, like, okay. All right, buddy. Okay, great. <laughs> great, good info. <laughs> so then they get back to, there's oil tanks or explosions, uh, uh, exploding at the, like, these refineries. And uh, and then Hedorah emerges in his, in phase two, flying Hedorah. Which was pretty mm-hmm. cool. He kind of looks like a pancake. Yeah, I think I I think he kind of looks like one of those sea um, what are they like trilobites or something? Oh, oh yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, kind of looks like like a flying one of those. They also have this analysis in the lab with the professor and Ken and everyone standing around there. They're figuring out what exactly this creature is spraying on everyone, and they figure out that it's sulfuric acid. And then right. while they're talking about it, they cut to and they don't explain this. Uh, Rodan's thinker, and yes. he's completely like melted and, and through acid, like sulfuric acid. I'm like, I guess that's a cool. <laughs> I mean, sure, but why? That's in Paris. Like, what is? <laughs> yeah, is that is that hitting? Maybe it was on is tour. Is this showing you an example of what sulfuric acid can do? Yeah, yeah that's exactly what it is. That's it's what like, they in Paris they poured it on the thinker just to see what happened. <laughs> cut to paris like it's so weird <laughs> it's so disjointed you're so right yeah because and then this is is this this is where they say about the big damage right like about about the people dying and stuff is that here yes because they're kind of explaining that it's sulfuric acid and it's bad and he's like spraying that everywhere and that there's fuji city is in the smog yeah so they do they do report on it there and mm-hmm. um, and there's there's some ladies doing some calisthenics that get flown over by Hedora, and they're like, "Get inside!" And then let's see, then we have oh, then we then because it's Fuji City, Yukio is like, "I know it'll help. Let's get all of our quote hippest friends." And he says, "Let's go to the top of Mount Fuji and stage a protest." <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, a very big thing to do in the late '60s, early '70s. Like, okay, um, what? How do we solve problems? Well, we don't, but we can protest. Uh, and so these these hippies get up in this like big um, like drum circle, basically, with a bunch of torches, and they're making a lot of noise. They are playing this jumbly, jangly guitar, which is like, you know, one of the main reasons I don't like Led Zeppelin. It's just too jangly. <laughs> Here, I'll play some of it. Too. <laughs> Gently. Too many, too many chords. <laughs> Single yeah. notes only, please. <laughs> yes, please. Because listen to this. It's so it's so disjointed. Here's the here's a clip. It's too much. Right? <laughs> Like even as I'm recording this episode, I look at the sound form. Like we, you can see where we're like talking and laughing, and then that music that I just played is just like one solid bar of music. Yeah. Line. <laughs> yeah. Hey everyone, let's let's roam the country following jam bands. Like, do you give a shit about anything? Like harmony, <laughs> melody, making something that sounds you know harmonious and maybe instruments that aren't just like clanging together all the time. I'll tell you something. The the drummer of that band, he's not so much a drummer as he is a symboler. 
Uh-huh. <laughs> a lot of symbols <laughs> on that track. A lot of symbols well, on that track. <laughs> I know that George and Ryan are the elders in the bushes. <laughs> play something better hey lawrence welk please and you know at least mix it a little better so we can hear the individual instruments <laughs> yes Ryan, thank you right am i wrong with this like can i just okay and here's, here's... you there guitar player haven't you ever heard of compression <laughs> Bring the bass up. I want to hear the bass. I can see his hands moving. I see he's doing stuff, but I can't hear it. (laughs) Is he even playing? Uh, And this is also the first time you see the weird village of the damned old people just like. (laughs) Yeah, that's you guys in the. (laughs) Don't you guys us. (laughs) That's you guys in the bushes going. I've got old people. I've got. You know, I, they were just trying to have a good old-fashioned field orgy, and then all these youths showed up. I genuinely, I stopped the movie there because I was like, "Did I miss something? Did some people become like horribly deformed by like Dora, and that they survived and they're watching on, like that sort of thing?" And I was like, "Oh no, just old people." Yep. And, okay. And, I- what's up? I, so I'm on this scene right now, and I'm going through. I've, I've rewound it a few times. And I'm watching this. I'm going through. I'm counting and looking at the number of instruments they have. Okay, they have they have a snare drum. Okay. They have a kick drum. Right. They have an acoustic guitar. They have an electric guitar. They have a saxophone. They have <laughs> a cymbal. Oh, they have a synth a synth keyboard. There's <laughs> all of these things are playing at once, and it is. <laughs> is there a flute? Because there's definitely some jazz flute th- throughout this movie. Like, it happens there, a lot. There is a flute in the nightclub scene. I think the flute pay. I think the flute player might have brought his saxophone instead. Oh, for he the, did. He's like Fuji party. He was like, guys, I turned it up a notch in the winds department. <laughs> <laughs> um, and then, and then, my favorite line is from Yukio in this, where he goes, "The only place that's not polluted is in our hearts." hit it and then that's when they start playing the music you know you know what's okay i don't I, so that line is definitely not in the subs. <laughs> it's not no definitely. no they took some liberties for sure yeah, he says it he says a- the only place it's not polluted is in our hearts hit it that's a fun line but also before we move on from this shitty music there's you know the sign of shitty music too is oh if God, you are George. <laughs> <laughs> if you're watching it on mute and the way they're dancing is just like you can't even imagine the song in your head it's shitty music uh give me a you know four what? four <laughs> okay you know what I'm, sounds like I'm just not going to convince everyone but like, i mean you, know, you raise an interesting point there, George, because <laughs> like there's when they were shooting this, there's no way that that music that we're hearing was actually from the day because mm-hmm. they just they're in the middle of a field unless I doubt that they like wired Record up all those it. amplifiers to a generator. I think they had to have musicians come in after the fact and like watch the footage and like just from them watching it, they were like, well, um, 
all right, I'm going to play what I see. It's not going to sound good, but <laughs> <laughs> I guess tried, this is what they want. They tried to match it I don't know. We'll just layer on. It's, it's, yeah. it's like somebody's first attempt at garage band, putting all of the <laughs> instruments together. And also, Ryan, very generous of you to call them musicians. But anyway. oh! <laughs> <laughs> I love this. I agree. I think the music was terrible. I just, uh, I love <laughs> how amped up George is about this. <laughs> amped up. Can we talk about? Can we talk about Godzilla's? Um... Uh, right after the dumbass music, it transitions to this like military march slash Dixieland jazz. Yeah, what the hell? Track yeah. for Godzilla. It's so weird. Is it this track here? I'll play it. No, I don't know what this is. <laughs> it's Godzilla's walking. That's not what I was. <laughs> it's the like jaunty. There's like a jaunty theme. Like the like very like triumphant theme that they use for Godzilla at certain points in this movie. Is it when he's battling Hedorah for the first time, or do you remember when it was? I think so. I think it definitely. I think it definitely plays when he's flying. Oh, I know what you're talking about. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. That that is some real. Um, yeah, the music is all over the place, but yeah, he flies. <laughs> I mean, are we skip? We're skipping ahead. Yeah. Yeah, Did I we? mean, well, he does. He's flown. He's flown by this point. He's flown over because he's been spraying sulfuric acid at everybody and making it hard. Well, I'm to talking play. about when Godzilla. Flies. Oh, when Godzilla. Oh, flies. when Godzilla flies. Oh, oh, yeah, 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 yeah. That's, that's near the end. That's near the end. Well, let's. Uh, so, so what happens here is besides the hippies like rocking out in an indecipherable ball of disaster that their parents probably <laughs> had to hear for too long in the basement, um, the that wasn't rehearsed. No, isn't that's true, but their rehearsals probably didn't sound much better. Um, <laughs> so the kid, this is back at home. Uh, like, oh, this is where the kid has like run past all of the like fucking destruction. Uh, he runs past people turned to bones. Um, and then I think this is also where we have. So like now that they, shit's hitting the fan, this is also where we go into another weird animation. So one of the early animations is he start, he's like sucking smokestacks and then there's this one where people are walking around with gas masks on and then oh yes yeah and then these two girls walk past each other and their faces like become the map of the destruction (laughs) yeah that is such a it was such a weird transition i kind of love that one um Haley, because you were watching the dubs um it probably didn't have this, but at the beginning of that animated sequence, there's a big sign that the subs trans- translated the sign as anti-Hedora gas masks sold here. Oh, that's what it said. Which okay. just goes to show disaster capitalism was alive and well. Oh, there you go. 1970s Japan. <laughs> that's amazing. Well, you know, there's really stylish masks being sold now. You can get That's your true. kitty. You can get Disney ones. <laughs> yeah, that part I was like, oh, that adds up. So this that was their weird like schoolhouse rock part for that. And then and then the disaster zone is the shape of two female faces. You think I'm exaggerating, but you can go look it up. Um, <clears throat> and then they find then they find out that the that oxygen may destroy uh, Hedora, which is obviously the opposite of what Serizawa 
figured out in the original Godzilla. So this is still following that parallel. Um, and they're like, oh, could that, that could be the thing that dries them out. Oh, um, although, although, let me point this out. Okay, mm-hmm. so the original Godzilla was killed by the Oxygen Destroyer. Okay, right. so uh, it's the Oxygen Destroyer. And in this one, it's, it's the Oxygen, oxygen Destroyer. Wait, is it what? So what? It's, it's a destroyer that's made out of oxygen, whereas the original one. Oh, was oh. Yeah, oh my God, I that's see. amazing. I see. Oh, interesting. Then they're like, well, they that could be it. This could be a time to to defeat it. And they're like, if it's sludge, maybe they could dry it out. Gives Yano this idea that if they get Hedorah between these two electrode panels, there's this, uh, then they can kind of zap him with electric current because it'll dry him out in a matter of moments. They'll electrocute mm-hmm. him and dry him out. Uh, so then they decide to go, let's, oh. let's fucking do it. There's also when they're describing this plan to dry him out with this electrode field, the professor says something about they're testing this to dry out fields. Oh, yeah. That seems like such an insane way to do it. Yeah. And I wonder if there's like, uh, I wonder if there was like, they made that up or if there was some kind of technology at the time that they were testing out to like dry out fields with electricity probably not because it seems crazy it just seems like you would set the field on fire but but counterpoint i'll say that tesla he, nikolai tesla really wanted uh telephone poles like electricity poles to use that tesla coil stuff so that it would be th- basically throwing electricity through the air to each other and everyone was like i don't think so man and he was like no no it should <laughs> <laughs> so you never know somebody man, may have come have up lived. with it we could have lived in a much doper world. Yes. Fried birds fall from <laughs> the sky. electricity. <laughs> like arcing through the air at all times. Yeah, exactly. Just as constantly like, well, there's always parallel lightning happening. Um, <laughs> well, you guys, you guys don't. Yeah, I can't sleep. I live next to the Tesla coils. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Everyone's just constantly walking around with like a uh, bride of Frankenstein hair. Yeah. Just. Yeah. <laughs> I can call my mom. <laughs> Just constantly shocking themselves on doorknobs. Yeah, God. <laughs> like you really want to, he sound like major potential in it. Um, <laughs> proof that t- he didn't have all the answers. Uh, so then they go. So Ken ends up at the Mount Fuji party with Yukio and his girlfriend, but then he has the vision of Godzilla and he's like, Oh my God, Hedora must be coming and Godzilla which because both monsters are hurt Im- immediately. So he has, again, he has this vision. And I mean, it's like one, 1,000, two, one, th- oh, okay, there they are. And uh, Godzilla fires his fire breath at Hedora and it dodges it. And it then it knocks him down. And we get some cool, we get some cool action. We get in the earlier fight with Godzilla, you get some cool sped up footage of Godzilla throwing him around by his kind of tail, by his smoggy tail. Mm-hmm. Um, and now, but now it's, we're going into full, full perfect stage, um, because he has this giant light ray, and he goes into his perfect stage, which is huge and glittery. I know, I, I did not notice, I did not remember on the, like, ancient VHS that I watched as a kid, uh, Hedorah being so glittery and shiny. Fabulous, Uh, you mean? So yes, <laughs> I forgot about it too. And then I, re- the, I in when I went to Japan for Godzilla's birthday, they were selling a limited edition Hedorah uh, action figure, and he was blue and sparkly. 
standing up and I was like, oh, that must just be for the art or whatever. And then reviewing this movie, I'm like, oh, no, that's that's it. He's just he is that. He also looks in his perfect form. He looks like that um, villain of, of Bugs Bunnies that's trying to get it. That, you know, he's all hair with two oh, eyes. Oh, yes. Yeah, he yeah, looks yeah, yeah. like I that. know who you're talking about. Yeah. I don't, he uh, does look like that. What is that guy's name? Anybody know I, that? The the alien, the, like the moppy alien kind of guy? Yeah, he's like a, he's all yeah, hair. Yeah, the big red guy. Yeah. yeah. I know who you're talking I thought he was just like, oh, he's not the Martian. That's Marvin the Martian. But he's he's you he appears in episodes with Marv and the Martian, right? Yes, he's in. So. He's Gossamer. Gossamer. Yeah, that's Gossamer? his name. That's Gossamer. Name? Gossamer is his name. He's large, hairy, one. orange yeah. monster. <laughs> his body is perched on two giant tennis shoes. <laughs> yeah, that checks. There out. you go. That that's it. That checks mm-hmm. out. He's he, he he. Those are orthopedic guys. Um, <laughs> so so they this. But this fight goes down hardcore. Yukio does the thing that you guys mentioned earlier where they're like, he doesn't like fire. (laughs) (laughs) It's really Yukio is just what is that guy's deal? You know know what? I will defend. He's so confident and so wrong all the time. (laughs) Yes. And I will. So so the arrogance of these hippies to be sitting out in this like. (laughs) The drum circle playing this shitty music. Like, I would say that this scene is consistent with their character. Like, they're idiots. So they run over, and the guy's like, oh, let's, fire will stop it for sure. Yeah, these little torches, that giant 600 foot tall smog monster comes through. I think these little torches will do it. And they throw it at this guy. And of course, it does nothing. It's like matchsticks. In fact, I was thinking of this, the shot in the studio, the match cut, where they're throwing torches and then they cut to like these little matches basically being flicked at Hedora and he's like what are you guys doing and he sprays them with sulfuric acid I'm like good (laughs) I knew it I knew it I wrote in my notes I was like George's favorite part (laughs) it's like and then the old people just watch as it happens they're like yep that's what hippies are good for you useless sacks of shit you thought singing and throwing torches would do it? Go to hell. <laughs> and Hedora sends them there with with a bunch of sludge that turns them to bones. <laughs> so Godzilla saves a couple more, like there's a couple survivors and Godzilla throws a rock and hits Hedora. It like distracts him or he hits a rock with his tail. He like swipes it and then it hits Hedora, it distracts him. And then Godzilla does what can only be described as a baller move. Because what does he do? Fucking sticks his fist into his fucking eye. Bam, 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 bam. Yeah, he hits him right in the but, eye. And and then also gets got some acid on his face at this point. So it's almost like a, a parallel to the professor because the professor has yeah. Well, yeah, well, he also, when Godzilla pulls his hand out of Hedorah's eye, it's it's like, I had to like look it up after because it's like, it kind of looked like it, but it's like, it's not entirely clear. But like, Godzilla's hand actually gets like um, uh, 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 dissolved down to the bone in parts. Oh, well, because he stuck it into Hedorah's eye and it got covered in sulfuric acid. There you go. See, yeah. So the so Godzilla gets a little fucked up by him, and then yeah. he has this. So and and he's going for the eye because he has that light ray that's coming from his eyes, Hedrium, and then. 
he attacks Godzilla with acidic sludge and it gets Godzilla in the eye. So they took he did an eye for an eye, literally. And then oh, he makes the whole world blind. Wow. Yeah. Wow. So true. Wow. So makes true. You think. <laughs> makes you think. Makes you think. Makes you really think. Uh so then he goes <laughs> into what was up? Yeah, no, I was gonna yeah, I, I was gonna talk about the uh the burial scene. That was real that was weird. That was sad. Yeah, because yeah. like he does, so Hedora dumps Godzilla into an open grave, which it just happened to be there. <laughs> <laughs> an open Godzilla-sized grave. Yeah, which I guess Hedora, being the creep he is, probably dug it earlier. And then, um, <laughs> and then like starts just gushing mud and 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 like you know pollution and crap over over Godzilla. And I'm thinking like, okay, I've seen Godzilla in water, I've seen Godzilla in ice, I've seen Godzilla in lava. All those things are fine, but in mud. I'm just thinking of the guy in the suit, like the 300 pound suit washing oh around in that thick yep. mud. I was like, that couldn't have been a good time. Yeah, that's so true. That would be hell to shoot. Oh, mm. that's disgusting. Also, fun fact, that was the suit that they originally built for Invasion of Astro Monster. Whoa. Uh, and yeah, uh, and they used it as a as a water suit on later films. And they ruined it in this one by dumping sludge all over it. Oh my god! I believe it. I don't even know how you'd pull it out of that pit afterwards. Yeah, like yeah, jaws of life. Like they probably that was probably just an actual open field, and they're like, "Well, we're not going to get this out of here. Just bury it. <laughs> <laughs> bury it. Put it away. Tell nobody." <laughs> what about the actor inside? I said bury. Rona <laughs> <laughs> Dima, thank you for your service. <laughs> So he finally gets out of the pit and then they both roll down the hill and it, also, it doesn't show when he gets out of the pit. We, they just cut back to the battle and they're rolling down the hill. Yeah, What the hell? I were on that like four <laughs> times and I was like, what did I miss? Did it skip? Did it? <laughs> no, they just didn't shoot that <laughs> because they were like, they can't get him out of that pit. They can't get him I out. A real Godzilla fan has more problems with continuity and fight scenes than the plot. <laughs> <laughs> what did i miss where was that punch where what happened how that injury happened i need to see all the action <laughs> so true and they go rolling down this hill they they get they run into the power lines that are powering the electro that they're trying to electrode they're trying <clears throat> to get him over to and then they figure out that hedora they can get it the people can get him over there with flashing headlights i did not know how they figured that out Oh, because they did say earlier on, I think they did say that he is, no, he's like, he's, he's light phobic. He doesn't like the sunlight, right? So yeah, why would they think that the the headlights would do anything? Maybe artificial light because artificial light means a possible source of pollution. Maybe. Maybe. And also, can we talk real quick about just like the, um, the direction style on this? Because like most of the big Godzilla scenes seem fine but then everything else was like in this weird you can tell whatever the film technology they were using in the in the early 70s was I, it was like weirdly crisp and very clear and and very uh saturated like all the colors were very like oh, yeah you yeah. know it was that was like a, a little bit uh jarring because when you cut to those miniatures and usually they do a good job in miniatures in godzilla movies but these trucks just look like uh you know leds like christmas lights yeah they do they definitely do <laughs> Yeah, they look like miniatures. You're like, okay, yeah. now we're on the miniatures. That's such a good point. Yeah. I, it did like catch me. I, I guess this movie had like 
something like the third, like a third of the budget that the previous films did. Because I guess they were trying to cut costs. Oh, right. Yeah. Yeah. He got that. That's right. They threw uh, they threw Bono into this with like a third of the budget and he had never directed a big thing before. I think he did a pretty good job knowing all, all things considered. Yeah. On that. Although Tanaka said, you ruined it. <laughs> so you'll never direct a Godzilla film in this town again. Ava. So he joined a band. <laughs> so they- try, try try playing a song. <laughs> Write a song. You're just jamming. <laughs> Play something I know. I've de- I definitely to- I definitely went through trying a phase. To fuck in this field. <laughs> We're all trying to have our big orgy. <laughs> I definitely dated a couple guys that were just into jam bands. Yeah. <laughs> I, was- one of our really good mutual friends, Haley, is a, is like huge into jam bands. And I I tried. I gave it a good good college try. Um not not my thing, but like, you know, he's so into it. And I love I love mm-hmm. like people who are into jam bands. Like it is their whole life. They love them so much. And their joy is like you know, it makes up for how bad the music is, but I really do love how, how happy it makes them, you know? I guess. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, boy, I had to sit through a bunch of fucking shitty concerts and be like, oh, cool. Well, yeah, I gotta, like, where's the bathroom? Oh, it's like at <laughs> the back of the back of it's two football fields away. And, you know, oh, but I got a fish shirt. Anyway. <laughs> I was going to guess it was a fish concert. Because it was. The, bathroom too. the worst part is, like, you wait till the song is over, but you're going to be standing in the bathroom for 40 minutes. Yes, exactly. <laughs> exactly. The whole thing. And I was like, God, so many white people with dreadlocks. Uh, ah my uh late teens what a time (laughs) um so uh so the uh the battle rages on the electrical current uh has been broken but then godzilla kind of gets uh, hedora gets lured by the led christmas lights and he gets over in between the electrodes and then godzilla See, and this is why, like, the authority failed. They didn't get this through. They didn't get the power on. But Godzilla fires his atomic fire breath, which, at the electrode, which powers it on. So that electrocutes Hedora. It's, yeah. (laughs) There's two phases to the uh, Hedora destruction. Mm -hmm. One pre-flight and one (laughs) post-flight. Yeah, Godzilla gets powered by the thrill of his own victory on the first victory <laughs> and flies through the air. <laughs> yeah, because he gets, he fought like Hedorah falls to the ground. He's like a fried husk. And then Godzilla shows up and he jams his fists in and pulls out both of Hedorah's eyeballs and like yeah. holds them like orbs. I had no idea what those were. I thought <laughs> they were eggs. <laughs> I thought they were too. I had to look it up. <laughs> <laughs> but wait, how could they be his eyes? Because when spoiler alert, when Hedora uh, um, flies out of its body, it's got eyes again. The second time, when the smaller Hedora escapes, it's got eyes again. So how how were those its eyes? 
Uh, Maybe it has multiple eyes and those were the main eyes. Yeah. That's. <laughs> those are the most okay. popular eyes. George, yeah. George, I just accepted that Hedora is from space. Yeah. Now you're going to tell me <laughs> that Hedora has multiple sets of eyes. Uh, <laughs> yeah. But the- is eyes that are contained within its body and then come out when it metamorphose. No. <laughs> but yeah, but Ryan, these were the prettiest ones. So, <laughs> and Godzilla just took them out. He knows how to catch your eyes. Mm-hmm. <laughs> no. <laughs> he pulls them out of your body. Yeah. Here, I, I earned this one. <laughs> <laughs> hey, Boner Man's still clapping. He's having oh, a good he time. Liked it. He liked it. <laughs> An ardent supporter. <laughs> love theme from Godzilla versus the Smog Monster. By, by the way, at one hour, I just noticed this, at one hour and seven minutes in, there's a very bizarre fisheye lens shot of Godzilla's face, and it doesn't, like, you can just see the paint on his eyeball. It is so, <laughs> it's so up close. Like, why did they use that shot? Oh, and they, yeah, they did. Oh, peel, yeah. They did there's a lot of shots. Yeah. There's a lot of insane, yeah, Hidora POV fisheye lens shots yes. in this movie. Feels like a nine, feels like an an album from the nineties. <laughs> <laughs> they also there's also a shot when Hidora like shoots his Marry him or marry me. Jumbo Wamba Oh, I was doing Spin Doctors, Two Princes. No, I know. I was, I was just, I was throwing another one oh, in there. Yeah, yeah. Another one. Just throwing multiple, <laughs> multiple albums that I feel like could have had fisheye lens covers. On them. <laughs> yeah, Chumbawamba for sure. <laughs> so what's, what's happening? Oh, Godzilla yanked his eyes out, right? Now he's flying. Yes. Now he's flying, George. Take it away. Oh, yeah, yeah my favorite. Okay, so <laughs> he's flying. Um, also, he Godzilla has some real sick uh, like martial arts moves in this when Dora <laughs> like, is shooting his eye laser at Godzilla. Godzilla's like deflecting that shit. Like, uh, like um, who's the kid? The karate kid. Like, you know, the wax on, wax off. He's like doing well, that's the yeah, that's the Ultraman part. Oh, oh. yeah, it is. But I'm sorry. And Godzilla wait. burns his hand trying to do Ultraman's move. Yeah. <laughs> George. George, that was my favorite sense of all time. You said, who's that kid at the karate kid? <laughs> uh, the kid who does karate. Uh, it's on the t- What's his name? <laughs> the kid. Come on. He does karate. He's a kid. Right. <laughs> hey, uh, Ah, he hangs out with uh, Pat Morita. <laughs> you know who I'm talking about. What? <laughs> uh, <laughs> that was my favorite. I want to save that sentence forever. That was my favorite. <laughs> um, so then they, um, he flies through. He. Like yeah, he like and he curls up and flies through, right? It's super cool. Yeah, he curls his tongue, he curls his tail like underneath him, 
come up like in a fetal position and then blasts his breath down like a propulsion, like a jet propulsion, <laughs> and lifts himself up, flying backwards with his spines pointing in the direction that he's flying. <laughs> and then as Hedora is flying away, he catches Hedora with his back and then like body slams him, elbow slams him down to the ground, does yeah. some sick wrestling moves, and then takes Hedora back over to the uh, electric, uh, electric field to then zap the electric field with his breath to get it to go. Yeah, again, so, basically. Yeah. So when this this was the first Godzilla movie I ever saw. And <laughs> Godzilla flying has stuck with me because I distinctly remember seeing that part and just going, huh, I guess he flies. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I debated as Godzilla at a Tournament of Nerds show where, you know, it's kind of like a debate show for nerds and stuff like that. Uh, for the, yeah, yes, I'm familiar. For the, oh, well, the, for the audience that doesn't, you know. For the audience, yeah. Um, so I remember I was able to use this to win a round because <laughs> they were like, Godzilla can't fly. Like, he did in Godzilla versus Hedorah. He can blast. And everybody, there was like an audible groan in the audience. <laughs> <laughs> People do not want to be reminded. No, yeah. They're like, come on. I'm like, it's canon. It's in one of the movies. It's <laughs> just one of It's. It is. Canon in, uh, and I've been waiting to drop this, Roger Ebert's favorite Godzilla movie. What, this which one is? is that? This? This is. Really? This is. Roger what? Ebert, in his review of um, The Return of Godzilla, he mentioned that Godzilla vs. Hedora was his favorite Godzilla movie. Wait, in no, which Return of Godzilla? Wait, not... The 1984 one. Oh, the 19... Oh, 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 the one that... Well, yeah. 1984, but it came out in 85 here. Godzilla 85. Yes. Yeah, okay, got it. Whoa! Mm-hmm. Awesome. That's weird. Um, because... Oh, <laughs> <laughs> has he listened George to the has band? Lost so <laughs> <laughs> they gave a child a knife in this movie. <laughs> Well, I'm looking. I'm even looking at IMDb, and this movie has pretty decent reviews for a Godzilla movie. It's got like a six point one, oh. and that's that's like that's like way higher than the movie that preceded it, which is Old yeah. Monsters Attack in 1969. Nice, by the way. Uh, Old Monsters Attack a three a three point eight, but Godzilla vs. Hedora six point one. How is this movie rated so high? I mean, it's fun. I really enjoyed it, but like, it's not good. <laughs> <laughs> Right? I think it's just the, like, yeah, uh, you know, this movie, I think, takes a lot of risks, and I think people respect that, is yeah. what that is. It sure does. And here's the thing. This movie, also, to its credit, is a time capsule. You will never, ever see oh, a movie like this again. Yes. Yeah. Although, uh, Yoshi Mitsubana was trying to get a sequel made up until his death in 2017. Really? Yeah. Wow. Because he was the guy, well, he was the guy who kind of like brokered the deal between Toho and Legendary. Uh, and so he was, ex he's executive producer on all the MonsterVerse movies, continuing on posthumously. So he got his revenge on the guy who said to never make a Godzilla movie again. Uh -huh. Honestly, I'd say I would happily watch a, a sequel to this. Uh, yeah. the only, my, my personal only letdown in this movie 
was that I wanted Godzilla to shoot the peace sign as he walked off. <laughs> oh, oh, hey, speaking of, you know, there is that gift of Godzilla shooting a peace sign. Yeah. I don't remember. Which movie is that from? I think that's from um, uh, Megalon, isn't it? Yep. Yeah. 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 Good yeah. memory. Um, so during quarantine, I, on a, like a dating site, I matched with some chick and she was... <laughs> She was, uh, yeah, I'm going to, this is a Godzilla related thing. So <laughs> this, this chick, she wanted me to, like, she was real pushy. She wanted me to come over, like, immediately. I'm like, ah, I don't think I should. You know, there's a, she's like, why not? I'm like, because of the quarantine. And she's like, well, if you don't come over tonight, then I'm over it. And I'm like. <laughs> Um, okay, how about maybe after quarantine? She goes, no, I'm over it. And then I sent wow. her the gift of Godzilla given the peace sign. <laughs> <laughs> and then I blocked her. <laughs> no, she sounds epic. like... <laughs> she sounds like the kind of person who would stage a protest on Mount Fuji and uh, <laughs> throw torches at Hidora. Yeah, yeah. That, that girl sucked. I'm putting yeah, it on the record. All right. And I'm Can like, we? but that, that, like, sending her that gif, I'm like, I know I'm the only person in the world who's laughing at this, but it made me so happy. Now, you guys, as well. So, ah, uh, good for, yeah, screw uh, that girl. Or don't screw her. Yeah. No, I didn't. So, I, guess, yeah. yes. <laughs> I, okay. So, I think we've, re- we've reached the point where I can talk about an, another scene in this movie that uh, really stuck with me uh when i was eight years old oh yeah and that's this whole sequence uh after he's defeated hedora for the last time where godzilla is just mutilating hedora's corpse yeah oh, yeah and he's pulling out because at some point hedora starts like eating cars and godzilla like pulls out yeah. the chunks of cars and you hear him like bounce around as he's pulling them and tossing them <laughs> yeah this is so yeah because the pieces also that he's pulling out of hedora look like organs they do. Oh, yeah. I'm like, what are you doing, Godzilla? No, stop. He's already dead. <laughs> and he's like stomping on it. Yeah. Yeah. I remember being a kid and being like, this. Oh, yeah. Godzilla won. What's he doing now? Uh... <laughs> yeah. And he punches it. He stomps on it. He takes out his guts. He's tra- He's like trashing this thing. Yeah. And then he stands I... up and then he looks at the camera. <laughs> <laughs> like what? what what just happened <laughs> so true there's a, a part somewhere in here where you can definitely see his zipper you can 100% see Godzilla's zipper during one of the battles mm-hmm. yeah on like the side it's- you know what else is a little bit weird about this Godzilla movie is his breath curves upward for some reason in most, most of these shots like his breath is curving upward I wonder what the effect was that they used but it's a little like it's almost never straight. Nah. Yeah. It's like, yeah, I guess uh, they were like maybe trying to make it look like plumy and not like a beam. Oh, you know what? Oh, right. No. I think you're right because what what it looks like they did for the effect is um like an actual mist spray. Which if you're shooting a mist, it's going to go up, and so that's probably what yeah. they're doing is like it's curving upwards as they're shooting the mist out of his mouth. Ah, yeah. Okay. Interesting. This yeah. and. And for what it's worth, uh, it, it has really high reviews on Amazon. Yeah. Yeah, really high. Uh, and but but it has, <laughs> and most people really like it. Uh, and then 
but then there's certain people like this guy Trevor says, what were they smoking? And he gave it three stars. (laughs) 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 Uh, Yeah. I mean, I think I'm on, I'm on team. I like this movie. Uh, And I think, uh, I think it's because it's like, it's really got this like, kind of like go for broke kind of attitude to it. There's like a lot of like really cool, like, editing flourishes um and like the trans like weird transitions like the animated ones especially the one that that the two women's faces transform into the uh, disaster area on the map um and it kind of reminds me of um uh kind of reminds me of the movie house from 1977 uh directed by um uh nobiku nobiko Obayashi. Um, and I think that was probably a similar situation because when Obayashi directed House, he wasn't sure if Toha was going to let him direct another movie. So he just indulged every creative impulse that he had really? on that movie. And I think Bano kind of did the same thing here. Because um, like the whole sequence with all the TV screens, uh, like with people's faces, like yelling about like what is the government gonna do? Oh yeah, and it's like funny. intercut with like footage of Hedora and the baby in the sludge and like just like some floating skulls. Yeah, the floating skulls made it's... was my favorite thing. <laughs> yeah, uh, and it just builds to this cacophony. Like that's uh, that's a really cool sequence. That yeah, this, this movie. Um, I'm I'm so glad it exists. I wouldn't change anything about it. It's so goofy. It's so over the top. There's so it's so crazy. I'm glad it exists. It is a time capsule. It's a very enjoyable Godzilla movie. But I'm I don't want to, I I'm just glad there are no other Godzilla movies like this because this is not the direction <laughs> I want Godzilla movies to take in general. But uh, I do I did enjoy this one. Yeah, me too. I loved it. I thought it was I thought it was terrific. Uh, Yay. Well, Ryan, we already know what your kaiju would be. Oh, wait. Before we but... get to Ryan's kaiju, I do have some oh, voicemail. Yeah. Oh, great. Hell yeah. Let's listen yeah. to some voicemails. Got some voicemail. Uh, thank you guys for sending that in. By the way, if you guys want to send us voicemail, go to madcastmedia.com. Click on any Godzilla vs. Podcast Zero episode, and the phone number is at the bottom of every episode. Uh, we love to hear from you. Uh, but here is the first voicemail this week. Listen to this. Hello, Podcast Zero. I want to say I'm so glad you're back after the show went dark at the end of 2019. I was afraid you'd been crushed under rubble and Gojira's latest attack. But thankfully, you've risen again like Mothra to help fill our quarantine hours with humor and kaiju camaraderie. I'm also glad you're back because I can tell you about my favorite piece of non-movie Godzilla media, the incredible comic book Godzilla Half-Century War, which has just come back in print. Uh, it was written and drawn by a guy named James Stoko, and it's a beautiful, it's a real-time look at the life of a soldier who was present at Godzilla's first attack and follows his life all the way up to the 2000s. Uh, it's action-filled, it's gorgeously drawn, and it's even got a nice, subtly delivered moral theme, the kind of stuff that is missing or clumsily delivered in the more modern Godzilla movies. But at any rate... I hope you'll get some time to cover it, and whatever is on your upcoming schedule, I know I'll appreciate and enjoy listening. I'm just so glad that uh, Godzilla vs. Podcast Zero is back. Oh, uh, my name's Jason, and I'm on social media at One Word Long. Thanks a bunch. 
Awesome. Hey, how about Thanks, that? Jason. Thank you. Thank you, Jason. That's very cool. Yeah. So, oh, we cool. got it. We got to cover that comic. Yeah. That yeah. Great. Got it. I've heard that's good. Yeah. That sounds awesome. Um, well, thanks so much for listening, Jason. Thanks for calling in. And, and like George said, everybody, you know, call in, leave your voicemails. We, that's all we have, right? Uh, yeah, I think so. Um, I'll have to go through some more. But yeah, if you guys have some voicemails, send them in. We'll play them on a future episode. Yeah. And also keep that fan art coming. And speaking of, now let's uh, we should talk about Ryan's kaiju. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Well, we had your kaiju before, but they, do you, is there... Oh, my gosh. You know what we should do? Because this is Hador and he has three stages... We should evolve Ryan's kaiju. Oh. Yeah, but I don't remember what it was. <laughs> <laughs> well, the first one, I, I mean, I was thinking about it because I, so uh, I'm not making a new kaiju. I am, I am uh, adapting my previous kaiju. Cool. It was a bird. Oh, yeah. That's oh, right. that's right. I yeah, think. I remember. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, okay. All right. Um, okay, well, what if, what if I called it Karen Holly? Okay, so uh, on the theme of Hedora and uh, having multiple phases um, and being from space, apparently, um, <laughs> what if, uh, what if Karen Holly gets sent into space, gets sucked into a black hole? Um, Spit out a white one? And, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> And gets, uh, yeah, gets like um, uh, spit back out and comes back to Earth as like, I don't know, maybe like, uh, maybe now like this bird kaiju now has like a ring of like meteorites around it that it like controls with psychic energy. Ooh, very cool. cool. Yeah, like like, uh, intersecting rings of like meteorites uh that it can like use to shield itself or like shoot out as weapons uh and it's kind of gained psychic energy somehow from uh some science stuff that we'll figure out later from being in space and radiation etc love it or aliens or time traveling aliens from the future hell yeah oh that gives that that gives us some good shit to take off on yeah, that sounds really fun. I like that uh, that concept of psychically controlling meteorites that orbit you, because then you have like rings. That's a really cool monster. Yeah, that's Thank dope. You. That's yeah. dope. So make sure to uh, to draw. We have some. We've also had some new artists sending stuff in, and they've done really great work. Somebody uh, drew Maisha's uh, peacock monster. That's super cool. Um, so tweet those. Uh, draw draw up. Use your quarantine effectively. Draw pictures for us and tweet them at zero underscore Godzilla. That's Z-E-R-O underscore Godzilla. And Ryan, where can people find you? Uh, People can find me on Twitter uh, at RJamesHitchcock. That's my uh, Twitter handle. Uh, And then you can also find me on Instagram at RJHitch. Nice. Awesome. And I am at Haley Mancini. I am at Maddox Rules. Until next time, this is George. I'm Haley. I've invited you here to discuss something that's very important. <laughs> we welcome you. Hey there. 
Don't forget to subscribe to Madcast Shows on iTunes, Stitcher, or your favorite podcast app. Okay, bye. Madcast Media Network. <laughs>